first is I really love talking to people because there is a lot of customer interaction. So I really like talking to people and I'm very patient with them because there are certain things that are so natural for you, but people would like, they wouldn't believe that this could be a thing. So there is a lot of patience that is required, which I think I have. And once I did my master's, I was teaching into a university. I was teaching finance and IT. And uh, when I was in college and even in school and the teacher would ask who would want to explain a certain thing, I would raise my hands and I would simplify the thing. So it was kind of my passion to sim- simplify things to people. I, When I was a child, I also was in my school breaks, I would teach other students. So it was kind of interesting for me to simplify. That was my main focus, to simplify things for people. So I really am a foodie. I really like to eat. I really like to cook. And so these are three things that kind of play. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your brand new podcast called In Your Shoes. This podcast is for you to learn more about new people, and professions from around the world. I would like to take you on a journey to understand the life and times of a new person every two weeks and get a chance to get into their shoes to learn what they do, why they do, and how they do it. For our podcast listeners, could you kindly share a little bit about yourself, like where you come from and what do you do for a living? Hi Vivek, I'm Nishtha. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I come from a small town near the, in the north of India and I have been living in Berlin for last three years, more than three years, and I work into food education. And what is food education? So food education is educating people how to cook their food, how to choose their ingredients, what should they know about their ingredients. Especially I work around the north indian recipes where i come from but there are so many ingredients that can be universally used into many other cuisines as well and what do you do as part of your food education like do you take classes do you take workshops what is the process uh, that's a very good question vivek so i uh, organize online and offline team events i also do it for individuals private workshops I organize around ingredients, around cooking, and different concepts. Okay. Uh, Why did you choose to do this particular work? What brought you into this particular field of work? So this was not my first choice. If I would say, uh, so I was listening to, I would want to tell you a story about it. So I was listening to a conference and somebody was saying that if you want to see what a child can do best in his life is his or her life you got to observe his or her childhood behavior so when I my mom still tells me that when I was around three four years or five six years I used to try to cut onions and I used to take a lot of interest in cooking so I think that was kind of interesting then eventually I grew up I was so deep into study so never did cooking as such and I happened to do my master's in finance and IT but it was 2013 when I had to move with my partner to to South Korea Seoul and I didn't have a working visa 
And so I started out just out of interest organizing these workshops. Even I was looking, learning cooking at that time, but I started uh, organizing these workshops and I got really good response. And, and I really, really enjoy what I do today. So you said that you started working on this when you were in South Korea and you mentioned that you now are in Berlin. So how long have you been have you been doing this workshops and uh, what is the difference between the workshops that you would perhaps or the education that you had given when you were in Korea and now in Germany, Berlin? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's again a very, very good question, Vivek. Uh, so um, I, I'm more or less doing it for six, seven years. There were a f- few times when I was doing it like regularly. There were a few days when I wasn't doing it as much. So moreover, more or less, it was around six, seven years. But um, there has been a huge difference between what I used to do in Korea and what I use, I do in business in Berlin today. So in Korea, it was just a hobby. I would do sometimes on the weekends. And it was just like a second thing to just keep me en- engaged. But now I have a registered business and I do this work full time. So that's a huge difference. All right. And you mentioned that you specifically focus on North Indian cooking. Uh, is that because you were raised in that part of India or you, are you comfortable in that cuisine? So yes, I focus on in North Indian cuisine uh, because that's what is I grew up eating and because I stay in Europe and I, I was staying in South Korea, there was a lot of scope for me to share what I was eating, what could be beneficial for the people who were coming to my workshop because they didn't get a chance to to spend such a long time in India and Indian culture Indian cuisine has a lot to offer so I was I think I found that there's a scope to uh, to fill that gap of bringing the uh, the not the depth of the North Indian cuisine to um to Berlin and also to now I'm doing it for all over the world. So there is a, there is a scope that I see. That's quite interesting, Nishtha. So could you share your uh, trajectory when you initially started working on this business back in Korea and what was the initial struggles that you had to go through? So when I started in Korea, I was like, I was, in fact, I was also new for cooking, even I didn't know a lot of things. So I was, my focus was to practice uh, one recipe so many times that it be- I become an expert in that. And that's my, that's a thing I still do. So I wouldn't say that I'm a best chef in the world, but I make sure whatever I'm teaching to people, I'm best in that. So I practice it a lot and I get, get an expertise over the ingredients, over everything that I'll t- tell my people, so to do justice to them. So there have been struggles uh, regarding like learning all this and approaching people, and because there are so many, there are so many competitions that you see that people can learn from books, they can learn from YouTube. So why would they want to do it with you? So you have to kind of provide something that they are not getting there. So the experience, the culture, and the exchange, the food connection, everything, uh, I learned that that can help to to combat all these struggles. All right. Thank you for sharing that with our audience. So, Mr. as you share that you 
never intended to get into this business mm-hmm. because you were educated in a different domain, a different field. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you have been an accomplished uh, a business owner. Or you run this business successfully in Berlin. Um, what is a typical day in your life as you prepare, as you work on your business on a day-to-day basis? Uh, that's a really, really interesting question, Vivek. Um, so first of all, because I work for myself, my work, my days aren't that typical. I Most of the days I get to schedule what I want to do. So I was reading a book called Chillpreneurship by Denise. And she was saying that um, it is always a good idea to batch your things, batch a kind of work. So when the days when I am in the kitchen and producing recipes, I would produce four or five recipes. On the day when I'm doing marketing, I write so many mails and get increase my network to people. On the days when, uh, but the, I still do not have a control or on when I'll do my workshop because it is on the customer demand. So that is the kind of thing when I have workshop, that is my full focus of the day. I schedule my everything around that I want to do the best workshop because people have are coming with a lot of expectations. So I want to give them the best time of their day. All right. And uh, could you also share like in your day, what aspects of your business do you address? Like preparation of your workshop or perhaps networking with people and talking to customers. So can you also throw more light on the aspects of your business that you address and handle on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, because I'm the only one who works for my business, so I do pretty much everything. I do uh, marketing. I do the content content career curation. I would do uh, s- uh, sales and recipe writing there are i write blogs also i somehow i landed up doing a food photography which is also a love i really do a lot of food plating food art art that's also kind of thing that i really like i'm developing my interest into so there's a lot that i would do and uh, there is always a lot of creativity involved in my work how would you make interesting for the people who come and there's a lot of time that i have to spend in customer interaction so yeah, that's all part of my work. That's quite actually interesting. And I have a follow-up question to that. So I think because it's a business that you encountered and you found as an, a potential and opportunity for you, how did you go about finding out what you need to do as part of your business? Like, for example, you mentioned that you run workshops and you also write blogs and you would also in food photography and writing recipes. So how do you decide what are the aspects you would like to include in your business? Like, would it be writing recipes? Would it be photographing food? What was your process to first identify this uh, as part of the scope of work in your business? That's a really, really good question, Vivek. So my always focus is, I was reading, because I read a lot, I was reading a book by Rolf Tobili, The Art of Good Life. And he said that do not be in an arm length league. Create a league of your own. So that is my focus. I do not want to be competing with somebody else who is doing the same kind of work. I always want to do that. I should be doing something that nobody does and I create my own league. 
eventually people will always fall will find out that you are doing something and they would also want to do and your ideas will won't be that unique however there is always a an advantage of starting early so i look around what people demand when people come to my workshop many times they would ask do you have a recipe booklet do you provide this and that and because i interact i get to interact with a lot of people and they have so many uh questions and they have so many things that they want and it is not available really, that strikes me i always work a lot on my customer feedback because i think that's the way for improvement if people give you feedback with a good intention loving people and pe- people who give you intention a uh, in- uh, good um uh, sorry feedback with good intention is one thing that i look after and yes so that's how i realize okay this is something that people are looking for maybe i can work on to that and sometimes i figure out that there is a there nobody is giving that them so i create it okay so this seems to be very organic process for finding out what you need to do instead of like a really top down structured plan if i understood that that correctly what would you say about it oh uh, yes i would say at this time it is just like organic and i have a kind of team of advisors for my work like i have friends and family who would give me advice uh, with whom i brainstorm a lot because i was reading again i'm sorry i'm referring my books a lot i was reading about how to earn money and grow rich yes that was the name of the book and he was saying there that uh, you always need to brainstorm with people so you can create a stronger brain and people can give you ideas which you may not get by yourself so i always i have a, a team of brainstormers people whom i really and respect a lot and i found thoughtful and i always discuss and something comes up and then i develop the ideas that's actually quite interesting and i would like to really tease into this like how did you identify the advisors that you need on your team and how do you go about actually getting them on board uh so it wasn't that difficult vivek it was just they are just my friends and i would i was always ask them okay there this is something and they would always take interest because most of them are doing are working for some organizations so they have a lot of creativity and which they do not get to apply in their everyday work so they are always supportive and they are my biggest cheerleaders so whenever i do something and i get confused i would ask my friends to kind of do brainstorming i I really really enjoy the process of brainstorming and what I get out of that. So, yeah, these these are the people who always uh helped me, suggested me right things and with good intentions. So, yeah, that wasn't that difficult. Super I'm I'm glad I did that. All right, thank you. So, Nishta, I want to also understand like the highs and the lows that you have encountered in your business so far in your journey as a a, a businesswoman and someone who's running this business so could you share first some of the highs that you encountered in your business so far and if you can share some of these experiences with our audience that'll be great mm-hmm. uh yes sure vivek uh so i was living in south korea and i i was doing this work part time because i didn't have a working visa so that was the limit that i wanted to do it full time but there was a limitation there so i couldn't do it there were so many offers that i got for it to do for big businesses and i wasn't able to accept that because i didn't have a working visa 
And when I moved to Berlin, I got this freedom that I could do all this work legally. But it kind of took one year, one and a half year to figure out that if I really want to do it or I want to do something else and all those things. And then I figured out I really, really like doing this work. And I kind of started uh, associating with a few companies. And in last year, winter, I really, really had a good business. I did a lot of events for big companies. So there have been highs when I have had good work, did work with good people. Uh, uh, Yes. And low was, especially during the COVID time, it was a kind of panicking situation when it all suddenly stopped. I had so many bookings and there was so much of work loss for me. Even right now, people are approaching for offline events, team events for really, really big corporates that I would love to work for, I would love love to work with. And uh, I can't just accept because it is because of this corona thing that you cannot have big groups. At the same time, there has been a lot of learning also here. So I started doing this work on Airbnb. I started doing online events and I got to meet the people from all over the world who may not come to who might have never come together in my offline events. So I think it has been it has been journey. And yeah. So it seems like uh, clouds and dark clouds have sometimes silver linings. As oh, I definitely see. they do. Yeah. Can you share some of the workshops that you conduct today and also just indicate like what happens in a workshop uh, if someone joins in? What kind of workshop and what kind of experiences they would have? So it totally depends if they are coming online or they're coming offline. So when people come online, it is more like uh, it has a limitation because it is totally dependent on what they have, what ingredients they have. And when we do offline, it is me who will arrange everything for them. And I will arrange a professional, really beautiful kitchen and a really classy world class setup. So when I do online, it is uh, I have a little control, but when I do offline, I do have I have the most of the control. When people de- want to decide the dates, I try my best to give them such a remarkable time that they they are they're so happy and they want to come back. So, can you share what kind of workshops do you do today? For example, uh, I am doing ingredients based, um, where I explain about spices which is kind of my main main uh, popular event worldwide and i talk about in spices in detail and we get into depth of of them of each one of them and you won't believe people grill me for with question and answer for 30 minutes so that's uh, that's really fun interesting uh, part of my work that i get to talk brainstorm with people talk to them and discuss ideas and everybody bring their own culture. Uh, something which is super simple for me is so strange for somebody else. Is is This is a very interesting fact of my work. And uh, when I do cooking workshops, uh, I organize cooking workshops when people, mm, we make curries or sometimes we make bread and three course menus and raw cooking workshops there's a lot of new concepts that i do and my main focus is always that so there is one thing i always try to separate myself like i told you that i am creating my own leak so my focus is mainly on ingredients base and i do not want people to just take a paper and follow the recipe 
I want them to be, feel that independence that e they can even cook without having a recipe and which comes only when you understand what you are doing, why you are doing, why you are doing certain things. So I feel like I, the main part of my work is to give people a good experience and confidence that they can do whatever they want if they know certain things. That's actually really interesting. So Nishtha, for someone like you in this business, uh, what do you think are the skills that you either had or you acquired to be able to practice this business, practice this profession continuously so far? So what was those skills that you think someone like you has uh, to be able to uh, practice this profession? That's a very good question, Vivek. I am uh, pretty much sure that there are a few things that played in my favor. First is I really love talking to people because there is a lot of customer interaction. So I really like talking to people and I'm very patient with them because there are certain things that are so natural for you, but people would like, they wouldn't believe that this could be a thing. So there is a lot of patience that is required, which I think I have. And once I did my master's, I was teaching into a university. I was teaching finance and IT. And uh, when I was in college and even in school and the teacher would ask who would want to explain a certain thing, I would raise my hands and I would simplify the thing. So it was kind of my passion to sim simplify things to people. I when I was a child, I also was in my school breaks, I would teach other students. So it was kind of interesting for me to simplify. That was my main focus, to simplify things for people. So I really am a foodie. I really like to eat. I really like to cook. And so these are three things that kind of play. I love talking to people. That's a, that's a good thing because you are always interact to people. I'm patient because and I also have traveled like a lot of countries. Um, so and met people from uh, everywhere so I have also understanding and empathy for uh, people from other culture so that also helps and my desire to simplify and my love for food thank you so Nishita we want to take a segue to a um, different part of this conversation today so every profession and job has its own stereotypes so essentially perceptions about that op career or profession from outside from people who don't who are not in that business mm. so from your view from your point of view and uh, understanding and experience mm -hmm. what has been those stereotypes that you have encountered mm -hmm. so uh, when i was doing finance in it and i was won't brag about it but i was the gold medalist of my batch and uh, when I started doing these workshops back in Korea, whenever I would talk to my family, my extended family, most of, the, most of them would say to me that why you were such a brilliant student, why would you want to do it? And I'm like, the stereotype was that they would think that it was not a well-respected work. But I think it is very much a respected work because there is a lot of creativity that is involved I am the owner of the work I do. I get I have associations with many good companies. I meet a lot of smart people. And I think this has everything that I wanted to do. And I 
so there i think that was a stereotype that people would think that it is not a respected job and somebody who is smart should not do it but i would negate that did you also encounter stereotypes about indian food and the type of cuisine that you teach oh yes that's definitely a lot when i was staying in south korea most of the people would not had never been to india and they would think that the food that they were uh, serving in the restaurants was the real food and that was uh, a korean korean version of the indian rest, indian food in korea a, a lot more sweet and i don't know how it was like i really didn't like the food there but people when people came to my workshop they would always tell me that that was the kind of food that they were expecting and then when i came to berlin that is same thing happened that there is a berlin version of indian cuisine and people would think that was the real food and i'm like no that's not i'm teaching you the authentic that we make in india what i grew up eating and also something that i it was a stereotype from my end so when i started doing my workshops in berlin and because berlin in europe and in europe food presentation means a lot so uh, i started doing workshops and i started pre- i was just presenting food normally like how we do in india we do not care a lot we do not uh, mostly generally we do not spend a lot of efforts in plating our food so a lot of people kind of uh, complained i would say uh, that i wasn't paying attention to the food decoration when i got this feedback i was kind of very very uh, rigid that uh, rigid about this fact oh because i thought i my argument was okay this is how we do in it do in india we do not care for presentation we just make good food and serve it in good uh, porcelain and that's all but then eventually i broke my stereotype i started doing food plating i came into food photography and now i sometimes my food is as is more beautifully decorated than french food thank you thank you for sharing that uh i would like to uh offer this to our audience who's li- who are listening to this podcast today and also an opportunity to really take what you shared and perhaps get inspired and get motivated so imagine someone listening to this conversation and want to do the same perhaps go and get into your shoes um what would be your advice for them especially what would you like them to experience what should they study what should how should they start and to get into this line of work i think it is just about your uh, first thing is you should be interested in food second you should be patient with people you should love talking to people because this is a job where it's not a kind of an office job where you deal with the same people but you deal with different people every day and from different parts of the world so that's if you are patient with people you relate to you like to talk to them and third is you have a passion to teach something like i think that's really required all right so can you also share some of the books i think you mentioned a lot of books uh, as you were talking about your experiences but books that you would like to recommend to other people uh, and this may not be just books perhaps could be blogs or podcast or any form of content that you would like people to consume uh, based on your recommendation 
So are you talking about food or like It what? could be anything. It could be related to the work you do or something completely different. So I would recommend that they can read my blog more to understand my under, to understanding my way. And so my blog is you can find I I can give you the link of my blog. And also for books I read for personally I read a lot of personal development books and I read a lot about food. Do you have any particular books or sources of information that you like and enjoy learning about food? Uh I I don't think there is one particular book that I can suggest because I kind of develop my own recipes. Uh I see a uh, 100 recipes or more than that and then I make my own recipe. So I do not follow somebody else's recipe. I just get the ideas. And that's how I want people that they do not need to follow my recipe. Just get an idea and go crazy. All right. So, are there books that have a really strong influence in how you think and how you think about your work so far? Oh yes, definitely. There has been strong influences on me. Of especially from people. I think my friends, a lot of people. uh had made the best influence on me so i would credit more people and second uh, yes there have been books which which pushed me a little closer which give me bravery to get register this business because i wasn't working for a uh, for a long time so you kind of get a rust on your on your sword and then it becomes super difficult to start again so i think it was from books that i got a lot of ideas if people are looking for any books that they would want to read for personal development uh i can recommend a lot of them however my rule is that i can i learn only one thing from one book so uh, my favorite book would be uh, feel the fear and do it anyway by susan zephyrs to so even i asked my brother on my birthday i asked him to buy that book and he actually did and he is kind of reading it so thank you uh it was great talking to you nishtha and i want to give you the also the opportunity to share like how people can find you and also find your workshops find your content so what were the different places people can find this information so you can find me on uh you can uh, go to my website find me on instagram find me on facebook i i'm not uh doing I share more mostly about my work, but not about my person personal life. But yes, you can follow my work there, and you can join my workshops on Airbnb, on Makery, and a lot of other platforms, and Eventbrite. So wherever you see, you'll find me. Right now, the name of the workshop is Explore Spices with the Spice Master. All right. So thank you, Nishtha, for joining this really personal podcast. and i hope people who listen who are listening to this podcast right now are able to get inspired and motivated to pursue what you are doing uh thank you so much vivek it has been an honor to join uh, your podcast and you really asked very interesting questions and you made me think uh thank you so much for that i really really appreciate and i'm waiting to for this to be broadcasted all right Thank you to everyone who's listening to me and to Vivek. Thanks a lot. Thank you everyone. Thank you for joining this podcast. I hope this was useful 
and you learned a lot. For more such great podcasts, please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast channel In Your Shoes on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music. New podcasts uploaded every two weeks. Goodbye.